Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about IVF, infertility, and the trials of trying for a baby. I am Emma. And I'm Gabby. And we've both been trying for a baby for a really long time, and neither of us is currently pregnant. To episode six. Is it six? We're on six. Six, wow. Yeah, I know. Lucky number six. Yeah. Is that a lucky number? I don't know. Huh. Anyway. Somewhere <laughs> in the world it's a lucky number. Um, we're recording this a bit earlier than usual. We are. Um, because Gabby is going on holiday. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. I'm a <laughs> in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going, mate? Yeah, I'm currently, which is weird uh for you listening to this oh, yeah. uh in the future currently in greece um so whereabouts we well we're doing halfy half so we're doing half athens athens is so great i know i've heard it's really cool so yeah. i'm looking forward to it um so athens at the beginning and athens at the end and in the middle uh an island called spetses which Ooh. is off the coast well it's you can get there it's two hours from athens sweet and yeah so we're gonna be there chilling out I'm going to go to Hydra for a day trip Ooh. and pretend I'm Leonard Cohen. Yes. I'm <laughs> looking forward to that. Mate, I, am, <laughs> I am so deeply envious. Yeah. Well, you went to Greece at the beginning of the summer. Yeah, I did. And it feels like a million years ago. Yeah. Um, I did book mine first, though, I have to say. I didn't copy Emma. <laughs> <laughs> you probably got a far better deal. Um, I think we probably did, yeah. And you probably aren't going to miss your flight and well, then have to emergency book another touch one. Touch wood. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a nice little September treat, I think. Bookend my summer. Yeah, so absolutely. I hope I'm having a great time as we speak. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> I hope you're eating lots of uh, halloumi. Feta. Feta. Just all of the cheese, really. Yeah, and lots of delicious salads and mm. nice tomatoes. Not drinking ouzo. Mm, you probably will, though, won't you? No, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this week um, we have Alice Rose who is a hashtag TTC influencer. She is. She's a campaigner. She's a blogger. And she's a ray of light. She is. Oh, I just love her. Yeah. She's just so sunny in our stories every yeah. day. And and just somebody who is quite inspiring because she's just such a positive force. Yes. I think we can be a bit negative sometimes, can't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. It's hard not to be. And there she is with her lovely smile and she's always positive. And um, yeah, I think that's a really good thing to have. Yeah. If not in your life, then at least in your feed. Yeah. And so we recorded this uh, at the 
uh, in mid-August, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and we just had a lovely chat, didn't we? Yeah, she came in, she had a few, she had a, a revelation about something that she's doing in the future, which mm-hmm. you'll hear about in a minute, which yeah. is quite exciting. Yeah, and she's launching a campaign yes. around it. Yes, and, um, and actually, I mean, you'd had a particularly bad day. I'd had a terrible day the day she came in. Yeah, I remember you said to me that you weren't sure if you wanted to record the whole thing in front of her because you were scared that you were going to cry. I, yeah. And you didn't know, you firmed it. I powered through. You did. Mm-hmm. We started laughing and we had a nice time. And I think, yeah, yeah, it helped. Absolutely. Suffering. It was a lovely end to a shit day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Alice, for that. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been speaking to Professor Tim. I have, as always. Um, I called up the lovely Professor Tim Child, medical director at Oxford Fertility, uh-huh. and spoke to him about wearing socks during the two-week wait. Now, this is a really interesting old wives' tale, yeah yeah so we'll talk a bit more about that later and then also i think we probably need to take a minute for olive the cat oh yeah of course um we talked about her in the last episode sophie's cat she'd been having a bad week um i'm very sad to report olive is no more she's passed on to a a better place the big litter box in the sky she is in the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's eating fresh sardines every day and, <laughs> and chasing squirrels no, that's dogs <laughs> i don't know nora likes a squirrel okay well, nora's she... got a thing with a squirrel in our garden oh really yeah not a sexy thing not a sexy thing a, a real like arch nemesis scenario oh wow yeah well maybe olive's doing that and she's, yeah. she's winning she's winning against yeah. a squirrel so everybody please take a minute for olive today yeah, um, we'll end on a happier note. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Big Fat Negative. Uh huh. On Facebook, just Big Fat Negative. Big Fat I think. Negative. Yeah. And uh, give us an email at bigfatnegativepodcast at gmail dot com. Uh huh. And please subscribe to the podcast on well wherever you get your podcasts anywhere um if you're listening on apple podcasts please rate and review it because it helps other people to find the podcast and it's interesting for us to see yes absolutely um and i'll try not to accidentally set it to go out early this time oh yeah yeah so you had the last episode a bit early which means it's been a longer wait for the next one yeah it has been a long wait so sorry about that guys Uh, I'll try and get it right next time must do better I know (laughs) Uh, enjoy the episode yeah speak to you soon guys I'll be back from Greece very shortly (laughs) tan I bet (laughs) see you how are you I'm good I'm good Um, not bad at all so um Uh, anyone who listened to last week's episode will know that um, I had a bit of news that meant we we had a bit of a turnaround. So instead of the IVF that was I was expecting to be to be starting off with, we're going back to au naturel for a while. <laughs> Lucky Mr. Gabby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we we're going to be trying for another three to six months and then um, see how we get on. 
um before potentially doing IVF but so yeah that's been going it's been going well actually yeah but I'm uh, don't worry I'm not <laughs> going to uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go into too much detail about that um but uh but it's quite funny I went to the dentist last week and I was in the chair and the dentist was like oh can we do some x-rays is there any reason why we might not be able to do any x-rays and I was like oh well I mean I have ovulated today or at Uh-oh. least I'm predicted to ovulate today so which means I might be three hours pregnant <laughs> maybe we shouldn't do this so piped off I was like um well I am trying for a baby so I, I don't know what do you think and she kind of gave me a knowing look and was like oh no we won't do it then we won't do it today <laughs> um <laughs> and it just I, the whole thing just got me I, I mean I was laughing at myself afterwards yeah, um, yeah but these you can't be too careful these days you can't you can't the sperm might have met the egg. I could have been three hours pregnant. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it, I mean, I, I looked it up afterwards and it turns out that if that does happen, it, it's probably fine. <laughs> so, it, you know, it, it was going to be okay. But um, but I did pipe up anyway. And it just, it made me, it just made me start thinking about the the kind of cycle of trying for a baby and not like the biological cycle, more the emotional cycle that you go through. Because it was, I'd obviously forgotten all of my past upsets and had gone straight yeah. to hope i was in the hope zone oh god mm. not the hope zone that's oh, the worst. well it's actually the best it's like- <laughs> <laughs> the hope zone is great it's, it's a bit like being on drugs isn't it the hope yeah zone. exactly it's like a real high it mm-hmm. hits when your fertile window starts and you you know you start having a go and you're like yeah. oh oh i could be pregnant that could have been the one that might have worked and then um i think that kind of lasts for you know almost two weeks until until you get a little twinge or you get BFN, or your period starts, and then then you're in like the disappointed zone, which is awful. Mm, yes, the disappointment mm. zone is that, the worst. That's the worst. Yeah, yeah, definitely right. The hope zone is mm. the best. That's where you want to be. It's the best. That's the crying in the toilets at work zone. Yeah, the disappointment one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then, and then I think it's replaced by the determined zone, which is like <laughs> it's like it's characterised largely by planning. And by ordering things on Amazon. Diaries. And Calendars. Like, Crotch the panties. <laughs> Burn friendly lube. <laughs> All of the above. Um, oh my God. <laughs> you start thinking, okay, when's my next fertile window? Right, okay, we're scheduled in. Hopefully. Scheduled. <laughs> I actually don't. I can't do that with my poor husband. He's like, no, don't tell me when we need to do when, this. When we were trying, um, naturally... <laughs> back in the day um, <laughs> good old days i my husband who works in film was working on i want to say the crown in somewhere in oxford somewhere a really long way away from where we live in london wow and his entire crew was staying overnight there for a week and i made him drive back every night <laughs> from like oxford <laughs> oh that's determined well yeah that's the determination a mingled yeah it's like you, i'm really sorry babes and so he'd have to he drove back at like midnight and then had to oh be up at like 5 <laughs> and had day. to be up for it literally up for it <laughs> and he is working with the same crew at the moment and mm. they're all like you pregnant yet and he's like no oh, no mm. got to go back again that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, hilarious um yep. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just funny, isn't it? It's um, it's a roller coaster, as they say. Yeah. But um, also, what have I been doing? Oh yeah, I've been grappling with ovulation tests. Oh my god. Mm. Yeah, and um, I haven't had a positive one yet, but. 
but I didn't start testing until a day after I was scheduled on my app to ovulate. I mean, who knows? What's the acronym for... Um... What, is it like first morning urine or something like oh. FMU? Oh, FMU. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm very, I'm not good well. with the acronyms. I don't. I, don't know. <laughs> I get very confused. I had to Google it not very long ago. Mm. FMU. Someone's like, I didn't use FMU, and I'm like, <laughs> FM. <hashtag laughs> FML. FMU. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I have, just haven't been doing them very well, apparently, or um, or I just missed it. But either way. I'm going to I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trying. Keep trying, pal. Keep yeah. on trucking. Yeah. <laughs> keep on trucking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so largely uh, not a bad time recently, I have cool. to say. Um Lucky you. Yeah. So, enough about me. Emma, how have you been? Not so great this oh. week. Um I was worried I wasn't going to have anything to talk about today. Um so I was like, well, I went for a run for the first time in like a million years because it's been so hot. And then I had a little bleed last night. Right. Um and was like, okay, I'm just gonna put it out of my mind. Like I wasn't very much. It's fine. I'm on you know, I'm on Musarolin, I'm on Proganova, which is like a um estrogen, kind of synthetic estrogen. Mm. Could be either of those. Proganova. I googled obviously went to Dr. Google. Um Dr. Google said sometimes people bleed on Proganova. Um, so it was really chilled. And then okay. this morning at work, I went to the loo, more blood, and was like, oh, God. Mm. So... And you're, um, you've got a, a transfer soon. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'm so I'm supposed to be having a transfer in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I phoned my clinic. And usually I'm on hold for, like, half an hour minimum before I can get through. But this time it just, like, went straight through after about five five tries um <laughs> breezy <laughs> speed. <was> so breezy. <laughs> um, the nurse answered and she was like okay that's not right um can you come in for a scan now and I'm literally really close to my clinic um so I kind of flounced out of the office in a really dramatic fashion and was like oh. I need to go for an emergency appointment at the hospital oh, everyone was like oh god are you okay I was like I don't know some people know what's happening some people don't know what's happening they just had no idea yeah so the the people that don't know what's going on must just be so confused because i'm literally at that clinic so often (laughs) um or on the phone to them or like and i have to like get up really fast and like um anyway so i went to the clinic they called me straight in like i felt like a really special case Um, also a bit scared yeah like absolutely pissing myself yeah um like had a cry to my mom while i was walking to the clinic um and she found a cyst on my ovary for god's sake i don't have polycystic ovaries and she found an endometrioma i don't have endometriosis what the hell is going on so she said that the cyst was likely caused by something called breakthrough ovulation when I was on the pill last month. Oh. So basically the month before I tried for a natural cycle and I didn't ovulate. Then that course, month yeah. I went on the pill and did ovulate. No. I don't know what's going on. Um, so they took some hormone. They took uh, took my bloods, did my blood work. And then I got a phone call this afternoon saying they're not worried. So what happens is sometimes 
after ovulation, as far as I understood it from the nurse, the kind of empty area where your egg was will fill up mm. and turn into a cyst and it will either fill up with fluid, pus, basically mm. pus, or blood. And she thinks mine is a blood-filled cyst. That's gross. <laughs> and um, they can release hormones. And when they break down, that kind of triggers a period. Right. Which obviously we don't want. Mm. No. After a frozen, or before a frozen embryo transfer. Right. So, um, they did my bloods and they, I got a phone call this afternoon saying they're not that worried okay, that's good. about it, but they're going to make me start taking, like doing patches. What kind of patches are those? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But someone was talking about hormone replacement therapy patches and I bet they're those. I bet it's the same. Oh. What kind of, oh, so you don't know which hormone for it's HRT. I, I have no knowledge it's like, it's like a, about patches. The, mm. the estrogen that I'm taking is Yeah, because for... I've heard on the American podcast that I listen to, oh, yes. uh, she, <laughs> Dory regularly has um, estrogen patches. Yeah, Does I don't that... know what it is. I've yeah. got no idea. So what is happening now is they're going to scan me um, in a week's time. And hopefully, because my lining was six and a half millimetres, which is quite good. Like it's yeah, it's pretty. It's getting there. It's on right. its way. So which it should be at this stage, right? Yeah, you'd hope. So. As in, it shouldn't be more than that at this stage. No, it. I mean, I guess some people are just like have the best lining in the whole world. Just eat loads of steak all the yeah, time. Yeah, I know so exactly. Lining coming out their ears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hopefully not. <laughs> that would be uncomfortable. Strange, strange image. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so. um... Yeah, so they'll scare me next week and then potentially embryo transfer the week after that if this embryo transfer oh, yeah. ever happens. Um, so cool. Well, I that's weird because um, I don't really know enough about cysts, but I know that I, I have one. Oh, do you? So when they did my vaginal ultrasound, <laughs> my favourite phrase, they, they saw that I had a cyst on one of my ovaries and they were very relaxed about it. Yeah. Um, so I don't understand, okay. I guess, the, the difference between the ones that they are worried about and ones that they are not worried about. I don't know. <sighs> we, should, we should get a doctor on this. Oh, <laughs> crazy idea. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Anybody yeah. knows, feel free to, to email yeah, in. No, yeah. <laughs> we, we none of us know. I don't know. Very lacking in knowledge, no. I'm afraid, even though I am polycystic, apparently. But okay. I don't... I, well, some people think I am, some people think I'm not. Oh, so, wow. yeah, yeah, the jury's out. You're all right. mysterious. <laughs> yeah, I'm so mysterious. <laughs> We're all mysterious, aren't we, really, in our own ways? <laughs> I just... Oh, oh, this would be a medical mystery. Yeah. <laughs> Such joy. Yeah, there's just... None of us know enough, really, do we? No. Um, that is a problem. Do you, does the yeah. medical community know? No, anything? they actually don't. No, they no. really don't. Um, not that I don't appreciate the doctors and nurses who help me today. Thanks, guys. Um, shall I just tell you my whole Yeah, just tell thing? us your whole story. Because, I mean, it's quite long. That's so right. I'll try and get it in a nutshell. Well, right. I mean, a big nut, like a walnut. Like a, okay. Yeah. 
know. Brazil nuts are pretty big. Yeah, they are. And good for fertility. Great. So oh, that's, that's that perfect. perfect. That's um, <laughs> selenium. Yeah. Good for selenium, apparently. <laughs> um, okay, let me just let me just wind the clock back. So, can you set the scene? I'll set the scene. The scene. <laughs> It's probably several years ago now um, when we decided to start trying. Yeah. Such a hopeful time. Oh, that's very, very hopeful. But I was actually immediately in the realistic zone. Oh. In which I decided, yeah, a whole new one. I decided in the first month that if I was just really super organised, then Mm. um, I probably would just be fine and I would just get all my infertility ducks in a row because I just suspected that I would have problems. I always thought that I would Mm -hmm. um, because my cycles had always been crazy. So as soon as we decided to start trying, Mm -hmm. I thought, it's fine. I'll just be super... I'm just going to organise my way through it. So I went straight to the doctor. I said, I think I might have problems having a baby and I really want one now. So can we sort that out? And she sent me for a scan and I went for a scan. And then at that very first scan, they thought that I was pregnant. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, how I laugh now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that was um, uh, an immediate roller coaster experience. She had to get someone else in to have a good old look. She didn't really know what it was either. I anyway, love that when your legs are in stirrups and, and everyone's having a good old look. It was really not a good experience. <laughs> and actually, funnily enough, I complained about that experience and I did change hospitals, which is another thing entirely to talk about. Anyway, going back to the Brazil nut. So in a nutshell, I was not pregnant. I had to wait and find out. But anyway, it turned out to be a fibroid. Right. So then I had um, another uh, appointment and then they asked me what I wanted to do about it. And I was like... I don't know. Yeah, you, you <laughs> Can tell you tell me? Like, is this going to be a problem? And the gynae, because um, it wasn't a fertility clinic at that point, just said, well, it might be, so we can take it out if you want. So I was like, okay, well, mm. I think I'm going to have problems anyway, so let's get rid of that. So I had that out. Then the gynae put me on Clomid. Oh, um, the Clomid stage. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Clomid stage. So Clomid, for me, um, worked beautifully that first cycle right and I had a 28 day cycle for the first time in my life which I thought was a miracle um but I didn't get pregnant and then the second time I had it um nothing happened at all nothing nothing at all um which was very confusing for Mm. her and for me Mm. and no one really knew what to do with me and at that point she said oh I think you're going to need IVF at which point I was completely horrified because I just thought that seems a bit dramatic. Are right, we going yeah. straight? And okay, like, and at that point, to me, it all sounded horrific, and yeah. like, the idea of harvesting eggs and all sort—I of, just thought very it was... farmyard words. A lot of <laughs> yeah, farmyard the language words. isn't that attractive. The language was just horrendous, yeah. and I just thought the idea. Anyway, the whole concept of it was horrendous, and all I had heard was how horrendous it was going to be. So I was really scared and I cried a lot mm. <laughs> and it was it was really horrible. Mm-hmm. And then anyway, long story short, I decided to get a second opinion because I wasn't sure if it sounded a bit dramatic to go straight into IVF. So I went to see a private specialist ah, who wow. was recommended and yeah. someone along the line can't remember who raved about this mm. doctor. So I went to see her. And she was actually really lovely and 
gave me all of these spreadsheets and talked about ovulation tests and talked to me about nutrition and explained about insulin resistance which I'd never heard of before and PCOS which again the jury is out do I have it do I not who knows but I was not ovulating regularly yes that's for sure so um during that time she then prescribed more Clomid for me and I had various responses Mm. but never I I didn't get pregnant still in the end, I had six cycles of Clomid, which didn't work. God, that's a lot. It's quite a lot. That's... And does that go, so that's a month, you say six cycles, that's a month? Well, because my because I didn't really ovulate sometimes, my cycles were crazy. So right. they really, I just had, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. So it wasn't really six months. It was actually quite a lot longer. Um, I can't remember now exactly how long. So how do you administer Clomid? I don't really know anything about it. It's a it's an oral oral drug. Okay. <laughs> so you just pop a pill. I actually god, I can't even remember. I think you have like five of them and you take them this is uh, yeah, I can't remember, but I think mm. I think you take them at the beginning of your cycle. As I recall. Yeah. yeah. About 18 months ago, mm. 2 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. It, it was, takes oh. quite an emotional toll, Clomid. Well, I think it's because you think oh, it's fine, I'm having treatment now, so this is going to yeah. fix my problem. Mm. And then every time it doesn't work, it's it was so confusing to me yeah. that I sometimes responded and sometimes didn't. And I, yeah, you know, that was awful. all kinds of strange yeah. things. Um, but during that time, I then went to my doctor again and I said, can I get the referral for the fertility clinic? Because this was still very weird routes into treatment. Yeah. Um, and she referred me and then... And then my my sort of transformational journey kind of began. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so yeah, so I um, my appointments kept getting cancelled at the fertility clinics. No no um, reasoning was given. I just it happened about five times, and every time I was about to get my appointment, and I'd sort of count down to this appointment, I'd get a letter through the post saying. It's been cancelled. This is your new appointment, which was like two months, you know, oh, further. God. Which at yeah. the time was like hell. Like it was, yeah. you know, to me that was such a long time, and I was, you know, you. I remember it so well that feeling of being so in it and every day, and you know, so that was really difficult. Um, but during that time, I started doing a lot of work on myself and a lot of self development and a lot of things which I just I felt like I just needed something Mm, to mm. kind of cling to and that wasn't anything to do with this um and it was to do with me and it was going to be a way of getting through a time which was the hardest thing that I had ever experienced and I didn't feel like I really had anyone who got it um and so I started to do a course which is called an artist way the artist way which um Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Basically changed my life, which sounds really dramatic. No. But it changed something in me and mm. at the same time I think what it was was that I sort of stumbled upon this kind of really effective way to be during this thing because at the same time as doing the kind of mind soul expansion work which sounds again quite dramatic but that's what it was um I was also eating really well and I was really interested I started to learn about nutrition and I started to learn about how to nourish myself you know all of myself mm. so I actually ended up being happier than I ever had been which was really um totally weird to me I just thought this was I couldn't believe it was I couldn't believe how well I was feeling given our circumstances yeah, at that time yeah. so and I should say that when I first started this whole journey I started writing on my laptop I just started writing because I've always written as a way of processing stuff. So that was just what I did. So then I ended up just documenting this whole thing. And I, yeah, ended up with a really massive document because it went <laughs> on for quite a long time. <laughs> um, and then to go back to the our, our journey, journey with the uh, with our actual process to yes. conceive, um, we did finally get into that fertility clinic. And then I was referred for counselling, which again really changed changed my experience because I felt properly supported, yeah. um, and that was really amazing. And that was all through the NHS as well, so that was that was amazing. Um, and they did ovulation induction, injectable ovulation induction with me. So I did four rounds of that, and oh, that didn't that work. So that is really. It's basically IUI without the insemination bit. Okay. <laughs> so it's all of the scans, it's all of the injections, um, yeah. all of that stuff. Right. Um, and yeah, I had various responses to that too. So, but but it didn't work. Um, so I had my kind of breakdown, absolute meltdown moment mm. um, at around Christmas. And always Christmas. Christmas is Christmas. a yeah mm, there's something yeah. and I actually spoke to an acupuncturist about that anyway it's quite interesting this Christmas time um but yes I had a complete can't do that anymore I have to go and do something else went right. back to the fertility clinic and said I need to go to IVF now I can't do this anymore and they said well you'll have to wait a year and I was like what now <laughs> and I thought that once you were in the clinic why did you what it was a yeah. separate clinic, so I hadn't understood that at all, and that was that was really. They need to give you like a user manual. Yeah. Start <laughs> because even you know when you're sitting in the waiting room and you've arrived at the same time as someone else, and they go in and you're still there for like an hour 
afterwards and you're like why am I waiting and it's because mm. you're going into a different clinic you're going for a scan and they might be going for a consultation or they might be going to have their bloods done but you don't know that at the beginning mm. you just sit there and you're like do they like them more than me like are they more important <laughs> 100% <laughs> I definitely know that feeling yeah yeah there's no there's no rhyme or reason is there well there is a rhyme or reason. Well, yeah. It's because it's a different clinic. So I had no idea that that was, that was the oh, case. If you'd known, you could have acted earlier. Yeah, like, that's mm. the annoying thing. But you know what? You know, I, I, I do look back now and I really do think that it, it um, weirdly was, was, was okay. And at that point, it was our decision to go privately because I just thought I can't wait anymore. Mm-hmm. So we went and had a private consultation with someone I knew exactly who I wanted to go to. And um, and then we went for IVF and it was successful. So that was my first fertility journey. And now I am on another one because um, yeah. so my daughter is um, uh, one and a half. And Congratulations. Thank yeah, you. Amazing. Thank you. A success story. Yeah, sorry. I know you all hate me right now. <laughs> no, <but>. no. <laughs> I think you come under hope. Yes. <laughs> well... You know what, when I started the Instagram, I did think, how is this going to go down? Because I am a mum now and I Mm. didn't know whether I would be welcome, to be honest. Um, But what I've learned about this amazing community is that actually, I think once you've gone through it, it stays with you and it's a Mm -hmm. part of you forever. And actually, I've learned an awful lot about secondary infertility um, now. So that's a whole other thing that's opened my eyes, you know. Not really my situation as it stands, because at the moment we're just... um, trying naturally and you know we might go for a frozen embryo transfer at some point but we're quite relaxed so do you have embryos we have embryos we do yeah and how many how many rounds of IVF did you do we had one one yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but you know I spoke to somebody about this because it's really funny isn't it because we say yes I was successful on my first round of IVF and I was so lucky yeah but you had rounds and rounds yeah. but I had 10 stuff. rounds of treatment before yeah, that and uh-huh. to me like going through that was, well, that's was the kind same of emotional toll isn't it it was the same emotional mm. journey <laughs> it was really the same emotional yeah. impact and actually for me the IVF felt less difficult at that point in my life uh-huh. because of what I had been through mm. before in my mind Mm. um and you know anyway just for me that was that was my experience that was definitely going to be one of my questions because um as in how you continue to be part of the TTC community after you've um had a child and and how because it must be it's been such a um a support network potentially for you leading up to that point and to then I mean the emotions of how you must you don't want to feel like like you can't be part of it anymore Mm. um you know I think you've had that experience you are always you've always got the the war wounds you know absolutely I think that it's something that unless you've been through it you probably won't understand at a level which you really need to to be able to be a part of that about a part of that community Mm. so you know I I just think and there's a lot of people that are in that community that do have children so um and actually there's still everyone is sort of it's very inclusive it's a really inclusive Mm. thing to be part of but you are very much still part of the community aren't you well it was this is all quite it's quite new I think the the community as it stands so when we were going through it I 
really wasn't a part of it because it didn't really exist. Yeah. And there were only those weird forums, which... Oh, my God, <laughs> the worst places <laughs> on earth. Never go there. Which I went into a few times and was so confused and bewildered by the whole thing that I never engaged with them. So... Yeah. Good, yeah. I, we, I try to wean myself off, but sometimes still find myself Googling and in one of those threads. Yeah, you go down the rabbit Yeah, oh, just mm-hmm. snuffling for clues. It's like, come on, give me something. <laughs> Do you know what's really fun, though? I use an app. And it has an inbuilt forum on it. Oh. And, and it's mainly American. And you'll go on to like find out whether Becerra makes you bleed and end up looking at someone's rank engagement ring or like <laughs> or like really disgusting gender reveal cake or something oh, like that. Worst. That's the absolute worst. And it just I literally <laughs> just laugh a lot every time. Like I'll start being really really upset or like really worried and then by the end I'm like I'm like turning to my husband going mate look at this and he'll be like it's 3am and I'll be like I know but the engagement ring is a pig made out of diamonds <laughs> so they do serve a purpose definitely <laughs> yeah. but that's just me sometimes oh. I just send it to my friend like at 3am she's got a kid so she'll be like up nursing and I'll be up like, <laughs> googling IVF drugs so. <laughs> One thing that really stood out for me with you was you posted something about taking control. Um, And that's really important. And like what you were saying about the NHS, that happened to me a lot. Um, My little brother is autistic, which sounds tangential, but it's not. Because my mum is really good at just ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing and being really persistent. So when I kept getting cancelled... I would just ring up and be like, have you got any cancellations? Like, every day until they gave you one. And that, like, you have to be pushy, right? Mm. I think it's all part of taking ownership of what's happening Mm -hmm. to you. And when I talk about taking ownership, I really mean very holistically. And part of that is just really practical. And it's getting your paperwork all in Mm. order. And it's making sure you've got all your tests done. Because the amount of times, you know, I would go to an appointment and the nurse would ask me to... Um, explain to her my situation and I was like really I mm. do I really have to you know and it would, I would find it really upsetting yeah so actually I think it's really useful to know that you might have to explain your scenario all often you know yeah. and you don't think that that's going to be something that will trigger you but I often found that it did yeah. so and taking you cry and they're so awkward about that. oh god yeah the cry it's just but it's so annoying because they think that you're really kind of you must be so stressed out and actually you're feeling okay that day. It's just that they have triggered something. Uh And and so if you can kind of take ownership of your scenario by being quite on it and organised and exactly. So if you you haven't got the cancellation, and I actually got in touch with PALS, which is the patient um, liaison services, I think it's called with with NHS, because I really needed some kind of other form of communication Mm -hmm. than the one that I had. So just in a practical sense, mm. that was a really useful thing to know that I could do. What did they do? They liaised with the clinic on my behalf okay. so that I had some other form of communication with the hospital that wasn't me, you know, getting so stressed out on yeah. the phone and mm. trying to get this bloody appointment, which they just kept. And, you know, no no real understanding of why this kept happening, you know. So. Yeah. 
it is a really important part of it and yeah. and it's the same with drugs and things when you're going through treatments you know be your own pharmacist because mm-hmm. you are actually the only person who's going to be on top of what you've got and where they are mm. and how you administer them yeah. you know make sure you know exactly how to administer them because yeah. i have i've heard of you know a really good friend of mine just super intelligent lawyer type person who just didn't quite note down exactly what she was supposed to do and went through her cycle of treatment and it just was completely cocked up because she'd she'd given herself the the wrong drug or something so it's really imperative that you are actually really you know in that space and the thing is to be able to get into that space you have to be in a calm place Mm. where you are feeling okay and that's where it all comes back to working on yourself first and foremost Mm. that's where it all comes from Mm -hmm. so that you can make really empowered decisions and you feel like you can handle it when people say stuff to you which might trigger you or when your your appointments cancelled or when you run out of drugs Mm, because you're already in that zone where you feel okay and you're you know you're you're in that that okay zone you need to be prepared to be pushy don't you you need to kind of I think you do and it's horrible to have to do that but at the same time it's also okay if you know that it's going to just be part of it Mm. yeah I like there was one time I had to have a laparoscopy and hysteroscopy in March this year it's 2018 just for people listening in the future hi 2021 (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh, they were like oh yeah it's a three to six month wait and then obviously they went don't worry, it's only six months, you're really young. And I was like, I'm not that young, I'm ageing rapidly. <laughs> um, but, so I I basically just made friends with every single consultant secretary, like had nice chats with them, like made them feel like what they were doing was really great. The admissions officer at my hospital, like literally must have felt like the best person alive. I was like, <laughs> you are such a hero. And she sorted me right out, and it was great. Oh, like wow. that's it, and it's it's trying not to project your anger at the situation yeah. onto whatever is happening on the other side of that phone, because uh-huh. it's often not that person's fault. It's maybe not anybody's fault. And mm. actually, what it came down to in my situation, when my appointments kept getting cancelled, was that there was a nurse in that clinic who was um, on long term sickness whatever so they were like down a mega staff member and that was trickling trickling through and it was like me and four other patients or whatever that were just kept getting deferred deferred Mm. deferred so once I understood what had happened that made it a lot easier for me so now whenever that happens I always try and think well okay let's let's that's my that's my thing that I'm getting really really stressed out yeah. and it's not necessarily the person on the end of the phone's fault because yeah. it actually doesn't really help the communication <laughs> no. if you're just screaming down the phone at people which I have done so <laughs> oh, yeah. and then we all have <laughs> I am um, my oh some of the communications I've had with um King's Fertility um someone wrote to me and they were like um best wishes Gabby and I was like <gasps> There's another Gabby. Mm-hmm. So I wrote back and I was like, oh, always nice to meet another Gabby. <laughs> Smiley face. And uh, I, I got no response. Oh, no. That is <laughs> disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> she, didn't, um, she didn't enjoy my reaching out no. <laughs> to a fellow Gabby. <laughs> That's really but I'll sad. break her down. If I end up going back, I'll break her down. Gabby at King's Fertility, <laughs> reach out to us. <laughs> I'm lovely, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um... Should we talk about your campaign then? 
Yeah, yeah, let's talk about this. That's really exciting. So okay. this is really the first time I've really spoken about this. Mm, um, we are honoured. <laughs> um, I asked my followers on Instagram to um, tell me what the worst thing or the most upsetting comment someone had said to them was while they've been trying to conceive. Um, and I was really, really just blown away by the amount of response I got in such mm. a short space of time as well. Um, so many comments, so many messages. And what really kind of shocked me was the percentage of those comments that came from doctors and nurses and receptionists in fertility clinics and people working on the front line and mm. dealing with patients going through this stuff every single day. So anything from, you know, any sort of infertility journey to miscarriage to baby loss, people saying things which are really, really upsetting. And as far as I am concerned um when it comes to friends and family saying the wrong thing I really do understand that and I really do understand yeah. that it can be really difficult to know what to say and how mm -hmm. to support people and I really don't want this campaign to be a divisive thing I really want it to be a way to raise the communication yeah. levels and well, get people talking and I think once you explain to people or once they understand that what they the cliches that they keep saying to you are really unhelpful I think that they they kind of hopefully they get they realize and it's not you're not being um rude or or mean about them and you know yeah. that everyone not most people that say these things care about you but I think it's just an education piece isn't it I was really trying to find what to call this thing mm. and I've I've gone with what not to say because I think it's the most important thing is to check yourself. Mm. Am I saying something which is going to upset this person or am I saying something that's helpful? And it's really quite simple. It's really quite um, straightforward and if anyone is going through a life experience that you yeah. don't have any understanding of, then don't try and offer advice. Just mm. be there. Just be Just be there. But what's really important is that we get this message out to the people who are in that healthcare arena. Yeah. And that includes consultants, it includes nurses, midwives. It, it includes pharmacists, actually. I had a message from someone who lost her baby at 30 weeks and had oh, to have God. a horrible co confrontation with a pharmacist who was trying to tell her that she wasn't allowed to use her maternity exemption certificate. And this kind of stuff just shouldn't happen. No. You know, and, and it's sort of the receptionist ringing to check in because someone's 17 weeks pregnant but actually she had a miscarriage at 10 weeks oh, and that is God. on the notes it should not happen yeah, no. so there should be these infallible protocols that are out there which mean that this kind of stuff doesn't happen and there should be yeah. education so that consultants don't say things like well you must have um, expected this because it's your fourth miscarriage but you seem very traumatized <sighs> this time this is the kind wow. of level of comments that people have sent into me and I just think it's not good enough I really think that something needs to change yeah. Yeah. so I feel really really pat like I can feel myself getting all like passionate mm, about it now no, as I'm good. talking but Wild it's up yeah yeah I just uh, so that's that's the campaign what not to say and it's so how can we get awareness. involved so you can get involved by sharing um the article which um will be on my blog uh -huh. and there's going to be um an Instagram selfie um yeah. <laughs> thing that you can do We're good at those. which will be <laughs> a selfie with a hand over your mouth oh so yeah that's a kind of like so easy for yeah. everyone to do just to 
check before you say something. Yeah. Is that helpful or is it going to upset that person? And there is also on my website, I've collated as many of the comments as I can. So mm-hmm. you can actually go on there. You can share it. You can show it to people. Mm. It's it's separated into into categories miscarriage and baby loss IVF sayings not to say and it's a long old list Mm. but that's kind of the point is that every single one of those comments in that list was made to somebody and that person felt hurt by that comment and hurt so much that they needed to share it with me and I assume in the hope that if I shared it something might be able to change at some point down the down the road Mm. so okay yeah well (laughs) definitely get involved because it sounds really important absolutely like even the people in my clinic and again they are great individually I love talking to them they're nice they're reassuring but they do just come out with these same things and like not just my clinic but you know I've been referred to through two different hospitals plus my GP surgery so far and they'll just say you're so young Uh, when I have my hysteroscopy and laparoscopy my second one in March they were trying to save my other fallopian tube, my second fallopian tube. And um, I, I was, I, you know, I'd said to them before, please try and save it because, you know, IVF so hard and I just really would like the option of conceiving naturally. And at the hospital I was at, I woke up from my anaesthetic and they want you out of that bed within, it feels like about 15 minutes after you wake up anyway. Um and they put you on this armchair, which is, I mean, bearing in mind you're bleeding out of the vagina, it's, it's lilac. Why? Um, not much thought has gone into that. But then, so I'm super groggy from this anaesthetic, like can barely keep my eyes open, can't really move my body properly. And the um, really young doctor who I'd spoken to before, um, the operation comes over to me and goes Emma how are you doing and I'm like I'm groggy and he goes okay well we couldn't save your other tube so hope you feel better see you later (gasps) and I was like what and then like as I was coming around I was like wait one second screw that guy and then like as I came around about an hour later you know, I'm still sitting in the lilac sofa, bleeding furiously. <laughs> and he walks past and I go, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes over and he's like, hi. And I'm like, I'm not in my best emotional place because I'm not wearing any makeup and I'm bleeding and I don't feel great. And I haven't had a drink for like 10 hours or something. And I just go, if you're telling a woman she's barren, do not just then walk off and maybe wait for her to wake up. And he's like, he must be in his like mid to late 20s. And he's like, oh, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. And I was like, yes, goodbye. Thank you, oh Emma. God. Good Potentially for you. Potentially saves a lot of other women from the same thing. Good for you. For <laughs> like a strong, that. independent woman. Yeah. Yes. God, that's horrendous. That is absolutely horrendous. The worst. It, but it's things like that that there just doesn't seem to be any joined up thinking. It's like things are being said without yeah. any thought about how that is going to affect the person that they're talking to. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of mind blowing. It's, it's like, madness. where is the empathy? It's really, really important to change it. Okay. Well, Alice, thank you so much for coming. Yes, thank you. It's been thank such you a pleasure. so much for having me. No, it's lovely to meet you. 
and male world. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, as always, I've spoken to Professor Tim Child, who is Medical Director at Oxford Fertility. And this time we chose to ask him about wearing socks during the two-week wait. I think it's probably one of the sillier old wives' tales. Do you Is think? Not? I yeah. don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge sock fan. I like having warm feet. Yeah. I wear slippers all the time uh-huh. when I'm at home. Uh-huh. I've, I live in a carpeted flat. Yes. I just, I can't bear cold feet. Something right. I get from my mum. So so you'd be into this then, Emma? Surely you're rushing to buy socks for your two-week wait. I mean, wait. obviously I will be wearing socks during my two-week wait if that ever happens. But I just think there's there can't possibly be a reason. Like I, I don't know where this comes from, basically. So you won't be wearing them to improve your chances of a successful transfer? No, I'll just be wearing them so that I'm comfortable. You're wearing them for practical reasons? Yeah. Right. I Yeah. I I don't really know what to say. You do see lots. Um, it's a big thing on Instagram. It is. Um, people like to buy pineapple socks. They it do. seems. Um, I mean, I there is something joyous about a new pair of socks. I you're, have to say, you're absolutely right. And and if during this emotional time you can extract some joy from opening a new packet of socks and popping them on, then I suppose you know. More power to you. Yeah. Get your socks on. <laughs> Get your socks on and your rocks off. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But um, but I asked Professor Tim whether there was any medical reason why wearing socks during the two-week wait would increase your chances of a successful transfer. Um, not that I'm aware of. So I, I certainly can't think of any uh, medical reason why having warmer socked feet would affect um, the chance of an embryo implanting at all so um you know i'd say overall i i don't think it's going to make any difference okay so so there's no significance in in trying to keep your body temperature at a certain rate or anything like that no i mean again have, i mean having have, wearing socks compared to not wearing socks isn't going to affect the core body temperature it won't change the temperature in the uterus or the pelvis um, at all it, it, would, it would just make no difference to to, to the, the temperature in the abdomen or the pelvis at all Okay, thanks, Professor Tim. That's really helpful. Speak to you soon. Okay, friends, and that is our show. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. Um, thank you all for tuning in, as always. Yeah. And we look forward to hearing from you soon. Yeah. When you get in touch. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, for another episode of Big Fat Negative. But more tanned this time. Mm, yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 